0: What's up, everyone? Welcome back to Through the Smoke, a Miami Hurricanes podcast here on the 24-7 Sports Network. I'm Andrew Ivins. On the other side of me virtually is David Lake. David, how you doing, man?
1: Doing good. So this was another cold opening. (laughs) Does that mean the computer issues are lingering?
0: Yes, they are. Uh, Macbook is still being repaired. Uh, I have a logic board failure. Um, If you don't know what that is, I had no idea either. Uh, It is apparently basically the heart of a Macbook. Um, So my friends up at, I think it's like Palm Beach MacBook repair uh, are servicing it. They don't know when they're going to get it back to me, um, so I'm, I'm working on this backup Mac, which means I can't edit anything, I don't have the intro music, and my internet is terrible, so uh, if it's choppy, I apologize, but this is, this is what we got, got to
1: adapt. All right, we're going to get it in, we're going to squeeze a bunch of takes, a bunch of news <laughs> into this podcast, so talk, let's get it rolling.
0: Yeah, talk a little Duke, but we're going to
1: start with recruiting. Let's do it, so... Savion Collins, uh, four-star defensive tackle, officially decommitted uh from Miami on Wednesday night. You had always hinted on the podcast and on the message board that this was kind of always gonna happen. This was gonna be the case. It, it finally happened on Wednesday night. What do we need to need to know there?
0: Well, there's two questions that I keep getting. Number one, does this change anything with the numbers? And the short answer is no. Um if you guys have been following this podcast, you know your favorite roster management podcast, you've been reading inside the u.com, you know pretty much in all these projections we kind of have been saying, you know, Miami's got x amount of spots left and in our calculations we've never really been been including Savion. So, uh, Miami's now down to 20 commits. Um, they're at 21. I, there's about four four counters left to use. We'll call them counters instead of spots, but this doesn't change anything. Uh, with the numbers, the second question a lot of people are asking: Does this affect um, or maybe impact Leonard Taylor's decision? Leonard Taylor is obviously the five-star defensive tackle out of Miami Palmetto. Short answer: No. Um, you know, Miami. I mean, there was a time when it looked like maybe Leonard Taylor and Savion Collins were attached at the hip and going to go to the same school, but. Um, that hasn't really been the case for a while I don't think this changes anything with Leonard Taylor you know he posted on social media I think it was Tuesday or Wednesday him wearing what looked to be like team issued gear to school uh, I didn't even know the kids are going to school in Miami-dade but I guess they are uh, so I think he's he's fine this doesn't change anything with Brochard Smith so those are that that's the kind of like the reader's digest
1: nothing new uh, really on that front and th- this parting of ways uh, is it fair to say it was, somewhat of him or i don't know if it was a mutual decision but it was more so uh miami deciding to go in a different direction
0: right and you got to think about this with Savion collins um when when he committed to miami i was typing this last night and i was like whoa uh he was committed to miami when mark Richt was still running the show in, in coral gables and that that feels like it was like four or five years ago i mean he's been committed yeah. for a long time and um Really, it's been three. I mean, the defensive staff has, has pretty much remained the same, but he's on his third defensive line coach. So it was Craig Koligowski, then Jess Simpson, and, and now Todd Stroud. And I want to rewind to maybe six, seven, eight months ago when kids could take visits. Let's not forget that Savion Collins was pretty much a regular up in Gainesville at Florida. And he was always very complimentary of Dan Mullen and and David Turner in that program. And I I think at some point that kind of rubbed Miami the wrong way. I mean, heck, I I had a flip pick in for the Gators on the crystal ball. Um, And I think a lot of people kind of thought that's, that's where he was going to go. I think there was some disconnect in terms of communication and, you know, Miami, Hung in there. I don't know how much contact there was as of late. And at some point, you know, down the line, once the dust has settled, kids have signed, I'll, I'll go into what I can say. Uh, I'll, right. I'll write that in the VIP, you know, on, on the message board. But I think it got to a point where Miami needed to know if he was in or he was out. Um, and I, you know, I, I don't think he gave a firm enough answer or what they wanted to hear and combine that with maybe not the best of senior seasons. And, you know, that's, that's where we are right now. And I'll say this, like, I like Savion Collins. I mean, I get him at the take at the, you know, when they took him, I mean, let's not forget yeah. he ran a, he ran a four, eight, five on the lasers at 225 pounds. I mean, he looked really good uh, when he was coming out of Miami Southwest transferred to Miami Palmetto and maybe never kind of elevated it's his game where it needed to be uh but you know I thought the last time I saw Palmetto play which was a few weeks ago against Orlando Dr. Phillips like I thought that was his best game to date and I think he's gonna land somewhere on his feet I had an ACC school hit me up kind of asking hey what's what's the skinny on this kid so I, I wish him the best I think he's gonna end up somewhere but you know
1: Miami's defensive line room is gonna be fine. You've been dropping some crystal balls here since our last podcast on a couple of targets that Miami fans will want to know. Tell us, tell us what we need to know there. Yeah. It's
0: well, it's no, I I guess I I see people complain about this all the time. It's like, they're like, I feel like Miami never gets a crystal ball and it's like, Oh, you're kind of right. But you know, Miami (laughs) got, Miami got the bulk of the recruiting done kind of early on. Uh, The first one let's, let's discuss is Terrence Lewis, Mr. T2, Terrence with an E, not an A. Um, I, I've put in a, a, a Auburn crystal ball pick. I, I wrote um, kind of right in the wake of his decommitment, which was after we taped or was it before? I can't remember. I, I don't know. Whatever. He, he decommitted. Um, I wrote that I was felt like or I was hearing that he's probably going to end up somewhere in the SEC. Was it Texas A&M? Was it Auburn? Well, there's reason to believe that Auburn's here in the driver's seat and what 13 days before the early signing period. Like I think Auburn's the spot, my confidence is, is super low. And is he going to end up at Miami? I I don't think so, but I'll I'll say this. Like I wouldn't, you know, in the past, I think David, I've been pretty upfront. Like I I would count a kid out, Um, you know, with, with Terrence, I think there's like a a chance I'll be an extremely small one. He could somehow something crazy could happen. I mean, when you're a blue chip recruit, you know, it's really hard to, to say no. Um, right. So, may, so maybe some conversations had, maybe some decisions change from my uh, on Miami's end. But right now, I expect him to end, end up at Auburn, or I don't know. I, I mean, <laughs> pick an SEC school, just just one of them,
1: and, and he can end up there. And the other crystal ball that you dropped, what do we need to know there?
0: Yeah, Markevius Brown, the four-star cornerback out of IMG Academy. Uh, I, I I put one in for Ole Miss. He announced earlier this week that he will be making the world, or he will let the world know uh, where he's going to commit on December 16th. That is the first day of the early signing period. Miami's a finalist. Ole Miss a finalist. Arkansas, Virginia Tech, and Auburn. You know, look, there was a time when I thought this this was Miami's to lose, but as this has kind of progressed and, and gone on, I I've been trying to hint at it lately. Like this is. Miami seems to be going in a different direction, and um, that's why I put one in for Ole Miss. You know, Marquivius has never been to Oxford before, um, but that staff up there has some has some Florida ties, primarily to where uh, Markieffus is from, Pahokee. That's where he started off his career. You know, uh, Lane Kiffin recruited Pahokee when he was at Tennessee. Um, when that when he got to FAU and and some of the assistants there, they. They pulled some kids out of that area. And, and the first time I actually ever met Marquivius was at an FAU uh, summer camp in like 2018. So um, I, I think that's where he can end up. Again, you know, m- medium confidence score on that. Maybe Miami tries to get back in it, but I, I doubt it. I think they're just going to go. I mean, I don't think I, I know that they're going to go in a different direction at corner.
1: Miami needs corners. Do, do you agree with them going in a different direction or do you question that?
0: Yeah, I mean, let's go back to that that FAU camp when I first met Markevius. It was just after his freshman season at Bahoken. I was like, dude, this guy is going to be like a, like a stud. And then he transferred in into IMG Academy. I mean, IMG gets the cream of the crop nationally every year. Um, he was more of a rotational player the past two years. Got into the starting lineup this year, made some plays. But to me, like the one head scratcher with Markevius is he looks like the same kid he did two or three years ago and it's like man when you are at img i mean we had gabby urudia on the podcast he's it's like it's like a heaven uh i was also listening to uh there's this podcast with about Freddie adu the former soccer star and they were talking about img and how Freddie adu was you know he was like i think he was like 13 when he went to the u.s soccer academy there and it was at img and he's like dude it's like a it's like a playground in terms of athletics and you know so many people evolve their game and and to me marquivius is like still the same size uh, you know, I think his technique's gotten better, but that's not like a red flag for me, but like, you know, if you're not getting big lifting and eating in that program now, are you ever really going to get that much bigger? So, um, you know, I, I'm fine with it. I think Miami will, will probably do better at corner.
1: One, one guy I want to ask you about real quick here. Uh, our colleague, Steve Wolfong at 24 seven sports uh, national recruiting expert. He dropped an article on our front page in which uh, five-star defensive tackle Mason Smith, who's who's out of Louisiana, uh, listed Miami as one of his top four or five schools amongst you know the powers like LSU, Alabama, Georgia, et cetera. Um, what do you make of that with Miami and Mason Smith? Can I give you a hot take here? Let's go.
0: <laughs> I guess maybe this is obvious, but I didn't think about it until like right now. Like I think Miami has a better chance with mason smith than they do terry and arnold now terry and arnold is the top 24 7 defensive back out of tallahassee he didn't you know put miami in his top five that he released earlier this week and he's not going to sign until february or make a decision until february but that just kind of occurred to me in my head um that, you know miami probably has a better chance with mason smith and why uh miami actually got him on campus two years ago for paradise camp i remember david me and you were standing outside the facility i don't, I don't know if you recall him walking yeah. by but he's He's a big dude. I think he's Rivals, Great. Rivals.com's number one player. Um, yes. you know, I, I've asked, I've always, you know, been told that it's not gonna be easy to pull a kid out of Louisiana, especially after Louisiana won that, or I should say LSU right. won that national title. So do I think Miami's in it? Yeah, but they're probably running third. At best, I think I think it goes LSU in Georgia. I mean, the one calling card or, or the one thing my if I Miami I am trying to hammer home is like, look, man, our uh, defensive scheme it allows our interior guys to make plays. You will be featured. You are not eating, you know, eating blockers in a in a three right. four or anything like
1: that. Like they're we're gonna let you pin your ears back and go get someone. Him and Leonard Taylor would be fun to think about with with the Miami Hurricanes defense of the future. Jeez, it's like it would be like
0: it'd be like if these guys face the Cleveland Browns offensive line. How many sacks <laughs> do they
1: get? It'd be pretty ridiculous. Uh, so the the last recruiting thing we want to touch on is quarterbacks. Uh, you know, getting to the month of December, we're seeing some some more quarterbacks enter the transfer portal. Uh, you know, there's still lots for Miami to figure out with their own quarterback situation. But I think we've made it clear that there is a scenario where Miami might need to take two transfer quarterbacks, assuming, you know, let's say De'Ara King decides to go to the NFL, and let's say Miami is unable to sign a high school quarterback in this 2021 class. If that happens, Miami would be smart to uh, get a you know, one year transfer again at, at quarterback that could come in and, and potentially be the starter. And then, you know, a younger uh, transfer guy, that would kind of be a pseudo 2021 recruit type of quarterback addition to that room. Right. Um, who, who are the names that have popped in there recently that, that have caught your attention?
0: Well, now there's one you want to talk about, um, but the way that this got put on the docket because uh, I saw a name enter the portal and I was like, huh, you know, I, I could see maybe my, that making sense for Miami if D'Eric Eric King were to stay. So that's the mm-hmm. big, that's the big underline, capitalized highlight. If De Eric King stays, um, what is it, Cade Renfro? Is that his, is that his name? Yes. I, yeah, So Cade Renfro, he is a freshman at Old Miss, uh, former three star recruit. I think maybe one service had him as a four star, high 87. Kid out of Texas, Uh, at one time almost looked like he was going to Florida State, then it was Arkansas, ended up at Ole Miss. um, And, you know, I think Matt Corral at Ole Miss just announced he's staying. So he's looking for a home. And And I texted you, like, I'm not saying this is the answer, but right. in terms of like, let's say Miami doesn't get a 2021 quarterback, right? They, they, they can't find a, a recruit. They don't get Jake Garcia. They don't like what's available. Like I could see a scenario being like, Hey, we take this kid. Cause he's essentially a 2021. I mean, his right. You know, six, seven, eight months on campus. Don't even count. So I, I think, you know, that's what got my brain kind of churning. Is he the answer? I don't know. I mean, he's from Texas. Rhett Lashley obviously was in Texas. Uh, SMU hadn't offered him, but he's, he's a little intriguing to me. And then I know the one you want to talk about is, is super intriguing.
1: Yeah. Mackenzie Milton right on Thursday morning entered his name in the portal officially, you know, the former UCF quarterback who had a horrific leg injury in 2018. Um, You know, I I think the question with him, right, is is all about health. And, you know, I think it's probably unfair to expect him to be 100% of what he was in 2018, but can he be 90%? Can he be even 85% of that? Because I think if he is, he will still be a highly effective quarterback. And and really what it boils down to is how is that leg in terms of the, the overall mobility? And is it strong enough? Uh, because when you're a quarterback, a lot of your throw power and right. accuracy, quite frankly, starts with your legs. So how, how is all that looking? Um, I'm sure he can send practice clips because he did practice this fall at UCF uh, to, to various colleges that show him interest. And, you know, they can dissect that film. But I think if it all checks out, you know, there are similarities in terms of the style of quarterback McKenzie Milton is to D'Erik King. Yeah. Again, assuming D'Erik King leaves, right? So Milton's an accurate guy. Milton's a leader. Um, He just has that knack for making plays. Um, Is he necessarily a definite NFL guy? I, I don't know about that, but he's a very, very, very good college quarterback. But again, the question is, how close is he to what he was in 2018? Yeah. I don't know.
0: You know, I, two of my buddies are, are, are huge UCF fans uh, last week on black Friday. They're like hammer UCF. They're going to cover Mackenzie Milton's going to play in the second half. And obviously that didn't happen. Um, but right. it seems like he is right there. I, I don't know. It, it's intriguing. I've, I've seen a bunch of Florida state fans kind of linking him to, to Florida state. I've even seen him, his name linked to Florida. And I'm, that's a little head puzzling to me. I, I, I guess he kind of represents what we think is there's going to be more and maybe yes. more experienced guys in there. And then there's one more that me you haven't even discussed, Anthony Russo, uh, out right. of Temple, um, former Elite Eleven kid. Um, he started three games this season for the Owls. I don't I, I don't really know what the whole uh, deal with him is.
1: He's a three-year starter. He So this year, he had an AC joint injury he's been dealing with in his throwing shoulder. So it doesn't require surgery, but I think it's really like limited him, and, and it's kind of why he hasn't really played much this year.
0: Okay. Well, I want to get into the Duke game, but I'm, I'm going to leave it on this while talking quarterbacks. Remember... Miami strength coach came from Temple. Manny Diaz, he was there for 18 days. I'm just saying. I'm just saying.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, I think he's, like, the baseline, maybe, like, to me. Like, there are some intriguing tools there with him. But, you know, I I would shoot a little higher. Okay. All right, quick break. Other side. We're going to get into the Duke game. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Okay, David. So as I was
0: constructing the outline for the show, I was like, dude, what do we do for like pregame podcasts? Like I totally forgot. (laughs) Um, So this is like unconventional off the the charts, but we got to talk recruiting, especially since early summer periods, two months away. I I guess give me – you're less than oh, 72 hours out from the game. Like what, what are we thinking here? Miami Duke.
1: Yeah. So to me, the bottom line is, you know, how, how motivated is Miami to blow out a team, right? Because Miami is clearly the much better team than Duke this year. And, but, but we've also seen on the flip side, you know, Miami hasn't necessarily shown the ability to win comfortably over teams that they frankly should win comfortably over. So, um, you know, I do think I said in the last podcast, like I would be pretty shocked if Miami loses against Duke, but I wouldn't necessarily be shocked, uh, you know, if the game is somewhat close. Uh, I do think there is blowout potential there just because Miami, you know, Duke doesn't match up well with Miami this year. Um, So those are just like, it's all about to me from a miami perspective what does miami look like in terms of being in condition being in a rhythm offensively uh, th- these are kind of big question marks but in terms of just comparing player to player you know on paper miami is the much more better team uh, than duke uh, this year
0: how's the bet- betting line uh, moved excuse me that was
1: bad bad podcast um, yeah last i looked it was 14 and a half um so it's it came down it opened at 17 correct yeah i I still see it at 14 and a half
0: yeah uh okay um and i guess we got to point out it seems like uh pretty much every like miami's expecting most of these guys to play i mean they made the stars available it seems like the covid bug and not covid bug i mean
1: covid issues are behind the team well, I don't know about 100%, right? But I think a lot a lot of the guys that have been out are going to be back. And yeah, you're right. Like Derek King spoke to the media on Wednesday. I would assume that's a 100% chance that he's going to play, assuming the testing goes well Thursday, Friday, et cetera. So uh, Garen Justice did say that the offensive line, which you know, was dealing with all the issues against Virginia Tech, uh, the offensive line, according to him is the healthiest it has been since going into the UAB game. So Mm. that's a good sign, right? Cause Duke has good edge rushers. And so you want your full offensive line ready to go against that. Um, Defensively, Blake Baker said, you know, he thinks most of those guys that were out are going to be back too. Um, But again, the question is, you know, how good a shape are these guys in et cetera? They, They really weren't doing much during the two weeks that they were off. So, um what does it all look like in terms of getting back into playing actual football
0: well i mean david you're a guy who who works out frequently correct <laughs> i mean i know you're always like running or biking or something i mean yeah. if you've ever been in the situation where you haven't you know done something for I, I don't know for me if it's like four or five days and then you go back and you try to do a workout you're like whoa sure you know? so I, and, I, and
1: Manny has said like they're gonna ease them into into working out, uh, or practicing intensely this week. Like they're not going all out, uh, every day of the week. Uh, yeah. so it sounds like a lot of walkthroughs, all that stuff. Um, so I get it like, if you're rolling your eyes about this, but this is a storyline that Manny Diaz is paying attention to as well. Well, I mean, <laughs> the other storyline
0: is he's terrible off a of bye week. Now you just had a <laughs> two week bye. Um, I, I, I do think, you know, it it's, Speaking of the two week bye, what I, I, I guess I don't know how many of you read into this, but the fact that Miami and this I almost said administration, but like this coaching staff, like a bulk of this roster has already been to Duke. They know the hotel. They know like they know what they're getting into. Yeah. I, I think that kinda like counts a little bit, right?
1: Yeah, it does. And and again, like it, honestly, like look, this was the case last year too. Last year's Duke team was terrible as well. But this year, Miami has a quarterback that you know these issues shouldn't be happening like the probably the biggest reason why miami has lost to duke the last two years is atrocious quarterback play yeah um that's i i would i i don't think that's going to happen saturday all right uh two
0: quick questions for you because I, I thought these were interesting both you and chris dock our our colleague at inside you the you I, I don't know who wrote what which one but I know these were asked during uh, interviews. Navon Donaldson set to make his season debut. Is that what coach justice said?
1: He said he wants to work him in slowly. Um, So I don't know what that means, but I do think he's gonna, he's gonna get a a series or two maybe um, on Saturday.
0: I just, I go back into my head when I um, read early season, when some handicapper picked UAB to cover against Miami, they said that Navon Donaldson was a first round pick. (laughs) (laughs) And Miami's best offensive lineman. Um, and now we don't even know if he's healthy and going to play one series. Funny how that works.
1: I will say this. I, I am a Nadon, sorry, Navon Donaldson truther. Uh, Whoa, Whoa, what? Yeah. I know you're not the biggest fan. No, I, I, I I am. I am. I I liked him in high school. No, but I mean like in terms of like, and I think it's fair, right? Like a lot of people question his conditioning and, and look, I I'm with you there. Uh, but, like, to me, when he when he's shows that he's good and ready to go, instantly stardom over Ja'Kai Clark.
0: Oh, I would agree with that.
1: And I think he's also better than DJ Scaife, So, Ooh. Like,
0: Navon, if he plays, or basically, I, I guess, you know, roster management, we need, like, an alarm for it. This to, me, <laughs> this, to me, kind of signals, though, that they think he will come back and help in 2021. I think they're fully expecting him to come back like okay I mean that wasn't the case a few months ago
1: yeah I I, yeah we can get into senior talk in a different podcast I don't know quite what I think about expecting seniors to come back but he is one that I I kind of do expect to come back
0: he's gonna be like you know that vet that's like the sixth or seventh man on an (laughs) NBA roster that like had a good run at another team. Now he just like joins this unit. You're like he's there, or, like he contributes. You're just, but it's just kind of weird because you're not. You forgot he was around. I
1: don't know. That's just how I feel. Navan's gonna be. You're gonna want him against Alabama, game one. Agreed.
0: Yes. I mean, if that yeah. game happens, yes.
1: Yeah. Okay.
0: Second, quick, what, kind of the same thing. Jose Borregales seems like they're entertaining him coming back.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, he was like Jonathan Patkey spoke to the media this week, and he was asked uh because you know look this is a the senior storyline is a thing like these seniors around the country can come back they get a free year of eligibility so you know patkey was asked about Jorge, jose Borregales, and um you know he kind of said like yeah it'd be great to have him but you know i think the printed word made it seem like maybe it was more possible than yeah. you know if you actually you know listened to patkey and saw him answer the question you know i think of course if jose borigales wants to come back they're not going to turn him away but packy essentially said like look he's kind of kicking at a nfl level so yeah well and i will say this too like garen justice was asked about jared williams the senior right tackle that also transferred from houston with derek king garen justice flat out said like i'd be shocked if he came back Hmm. (laughs) so
0: I read, I like, I, I read uh, a lot of like NFL draft stuff. I mean, just trying to yeah. expand my Rolodex on evaluation terms. I have not seen Jared Williams name and anything, and I'm talking like deep stuff. So that that's interesting to me. Um, and let's be honest. Like, I, I don't know. I, I haven't been tracking kicker stats for, you know, nationally, but you would think Jose Borgo oh, yeah. would, would be
1: like a senior bowl guy, right? Yeah, definitely. He's, you know, getting in the NFL as a kicker is always, you know, it, it's kind of just a luck situation type thing. Like whatever team you can get into a training camp with. Yeah. But, but I, you know, to me, he, he looks like an NFL caliber kicker. So. Yeah. Okay.
0: Shifting back to Duke keys to the game. Give it, give it to us besides, you know, sleepwalking through the first
1: quarter. Um, right. So, you know, I think um, Duke's ought like, Duke's offense, their passing offense in particular, their, their offensive line can't block. One of the worst pass-blocking offensive lines in the country. And their wide receivers don't really scare you in terms of speed and separation. Um, so in that regard, it's a bad matchup for Duke, right? Because Miami's pass rush is good. And the, the one area you can kind of take advantage of Miami's defense is on the back end. Now Duke's still going to get their yards. They're still going to do their thing, but um, I think Miami's secondary should hold up pretty well against this Duke passing attack uh, on the other side. You know, look, I feel like I say this every week recently because Miami's always playing against bad run defenses. Uh, this is another one. Miami's Duke, sorry, is, is allowing 200 rushing yards per game. Um so you know, run the ball, especially coming off a two-week layoff. Run the ball. Uh, we haven't been, <laughs> we haven't seen Miami take advantage of these poor run defenses in recent weeks. I think Miami needs to get that done. Duke, honestly, is one of the worst tackling teams in the country. Um, so you know, I'd like to see Miami take advantage of that. Um, and yeah, you know, the typical coach speak stuff where you're, I mean. It's weird that Miami had two weeks off, right? So the tackling in general, like what's that going to look like? The special teams, uh, are those going to be clean? All those little margins uh, matter. And I think it's worth noting again that Duke leads the country in turnovers lost. They have lost uh, 30 turnovers uh, on the season, which is an absurd number
0: uh give me the player that's got to step up and I, I gotta say this all right like uh you know i'm i'm I, i'm not that prepped i'm in full like signing day mode so there's no there's worries i li- limited i know i'm just i'm letting the listeners know i'm slacking on my end so give me give me the guys i <laughs> gotta step up
1: so i'm gonna go with quincy roche um, you know i mentioned that the duke offensive line is pretty bad at pass blocking this year uh their left tackle casey holman has allowed thirty pressures and six sacks, which is the most in the ACC. So, Quincy Rocher, this is this is an opportunity for him to rack up the sacks.
0: Okay, um, you ready for some some over unders? Let's go. Okay, I have to say this as well. I cannot get into my sportsline account that is logged into my other <laughs> Mac, so I have had to I've had to come up and create my own. Okay, uh, first one: Duke over under two turnovers so that would they turn the ball over over or under two two would be a push
1: i'll say they they turn the ball over three times give,
0: give, give me give me who gets these turnovers are they interceptions fumbles or what
1: i'm going to go with a quincy roche uh force fumble recovered by john ford i'm going to go with a uh, Corey flag interception <laughs> and i'm gonna go with a pick six from al blades jr okay this is this
0: next one's more of a, a yes or a no miami scores over over or over 30 points yes or no yes they get to 40 no okay could you see a scenario where they just blow this out of the water yes <laughs> could you see a scenario where like tyler van
1: dyke gets in the game I mean, I that, guess. That, Do you think he gets in the game before Nikosi? No, that's right. the Thing, like so I'll I, say no.
0: And, and here I know there, there's like threads on our message board about it, like people wanting to get, uh, you know, Tyler snaps. And trust me, again, we get it, roster management podcast. But look, if you got up big, I think you got to you know, give Nikosi yeah. a chance to get some film. If, if you nope, know, if no if, he's, if he wants to enter the portal or something, like he's earned that. Yeah, uh, I think. Um, Derek King over under 55 rushing yards Mm, I'll go under Dude, that's like one run for him man that is like one run
1: (laughs) yeah no it's possible I just think the backs I think the backs will eat I'm hoping the backs will eat I guess (laughs) okay Brevin Jordan
0: over under three catches Mm,
1: I'll go over I got one for you. You ready? Okay. Chris Rumpf the second, over under ten pressures.
0: That's a lot of pressure. How many did he have last season? Thirteen.
1: Jeez. Oh, <laughs> I mean, I'm gonna go under, but man, if they, if he, if he has <laughs> yeah, I'm ten, joking. If he has ten yeah. pressures, it is they are in trouble. His his NFL draft film is gonna be that 2019 Miami game. He was unre- <laughs> Like he just destroyed. And again, it was a patchwork offensive line. I get it, but, man, he gave them so many issues last year. Yeah. Well, I I, got to pound my chest because
0: uh, for 24-7 sports, I did like – you remember back in the NFL draft, they did uh, state by state, like not scorecards, but kind of what happened in the draft. And I said, you know, down year for the state of Florida, but looking ahead to um, the next – the 2021 draft, and like I was like, Chris Rump's going to be a guy. And like, Mm -hmm. you know, at the time, zero NFL hype and he'll probably be, I would assume day three or day two or day three. So
1: the only area that scares me about Duke is their edge rushers. They have two good ones. So we talked about in the last podcast, but you know, I, Miami's tackles are are playing at a pretty, pretty good level this year, in my opinion, particularly in in pass pro. Um, So if they play like they have been, um, they should be fine handling them that, you know, they're still going to get their pressures and whatnot, but. Uh, that's the only area that scares me about Duke
0: okay last one for me Robert Burns over under 20 (laughs) rushing yards do not forget Robert Burns was Miami's leading rusher and that was due to injury correct didn't someone go down with an injury
1: Cam Harris got injured in the game and DJ Dallas was injured you know previously Um, so yeah he was the number three guy
0: so 20 yards yes or no that's I mean I'm gonna go no I'm gonna go no okay Okay. All right. So give me, give me your prediction. I I I, I'm calling the game. No, 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 no prediction. I'm just kidding. I I don't have anything written down. So,
1: (laughs) okay. I'll go first and we're going to get your number. I'm going to go Miami 31 Duke 21. Okay. I'm going to go Miami 35
0: Duke 15. I like it. They would cover in that scenario, right?
1: Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I wouldn't bet this game. To me, there's there's too many variables with Miami. Yeah, um, dude. I
0: here is here if you were a smart better, I would bet like whatever the number is. Duke first half, like plus. It's probably plus. It's probably like plus eight. I would. That's take Duke, fair because Miami starts slow. Yeah, yeah. That's that's not a bad bet. I mean that that won't come out till Friday, so check your locals. I, I will be at a wedding, so um, not I'm gonna be watching the rerun on. Sunday morning uh getting a covid test so that will be
1: <laughs> fun times 2020
0: yeah uh, yes 2020 uh david what do you got on the site
1: yeah so we're going to do you know more duke breakdowns um you know recruiting never stops i'm sure stuff will pop up between now and game day um, yeah so yeah keep keep hammering inside the u.com we appreciate everyone listening If you can give us a review or or like or whatever it is on whatever platform you listen to us on, thank you so much. Thank you to all our our new subscribers to InsideTheU.com. A lot of people took advantage of that Black Friday slash Cyber Monday deal. So, um, you know, I am grateful for your support and, and thank you guys so much. All right. Fingers crossed. Next podcast. I will have my MacBook later. Later.